the Alex and Daniel Football Podcast. I'm Alex, here with Daniel again. Hello, hello, hello. Boy, oh boy. Championship <laughs> Sunday. I'm <sighs> so excited. Fired uh, up. I was telling everyone, I was at a work meeting uh, yesterday. I was telling everyone about my superstitions, about how everything has to be the same for Italy. Yeah. Uh, one of our friends mentioned we should go do something big for for the final and i said absolutely not absolutely i'm not. sitting in the exact same spot wearing the exact same clothes i'm not changing anything i oh, mean it's man. it's working it's clearly you that's letting italy win oh absolutely i mean yeah i'm doing my job i know yeah. that yeah as long as they do theirs yeah what's Jesus. it's like uh i love it's like Bill belichick everyone has a role i'm playing yeah. my role by not by not washing any of my <laughs> my clothes for a month, my Italy jersey for a month. If they if they if they do the thing on Sunday, I'm never washing that jersey again. The vibes are no, just no. too good to wash it. It's not then, until after the World Cup, yeah, right? But, but then I'll yeah. have to buy a separate Italy jersey because I can't wear that one all the time. This will yeah. it'll be like if if this Your has fashion statement and then you're no, it'll be like if it's like a really important game, I need like the ultra vibe, the ultra good oh, vibes. So I'll just nice. not never wash this if. If what I hope happens on Sunday, and then if it's like, oh man, it's a big game in the World Cup next year, Italy needs uh, a win, then I'll throw it on. Then you put it on. Yeah. Well, you know what, Alex? Maybe, uh, maybe you'll be getting a gift soon. Maybe I'll get you a gift. Maybe I'll get you a oh. nice retro God, Italy I'd, jersey or something. God, I'd love that. As long yeah. as it we'll says matching uh, retro jerseys. As long as it says Zola on the back. Yeah, that, I, <laughs> the only thing that came into my head right away, you freaking Chelsea fan, Zola oh. right away. I was like, yeah, Gianfranco, he's got to go on it. Unbelievable. Are, yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about the Italy-Spain yes. game. We'll talk about England-Denmark. We'll talk about the diving English. And then we'll talk about the... Uh, oh, all right. Can I just say... And then we'll talk about the final. Um, yeah. what, do you, what game do you want to start with? Let's start with uh, start with Italy-Spain. Okay. We'll go in chronological order. I think the first... I think the best part to start about with that game is the penalty shootout. Yeah, yeah. Specifically before the penalty shootout when uh, Chiellini was... Completely joking around with Jordi Alba. That was the greatest thing weird. I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, it was he was really just weird. like hallucinating because he was so tired, or if he was just like, was it gamesmanship? I don't know. What, what did you think? Yeah, of course it's gamesmanship. Chiellini is that kind of guy, which like good for him, right? I, I like Chiellini. He's a great player. Um, he is absolutely the kind of player who would try to get in your head, whether it's before a penalty shootout, whether it's before the game, which we're seeing right now with the way he's been talking about England now, right? He's kind of going to get into your head. He's a wily veteran, man. He knows exactly what he's doing. T- to be fair, Jordi Alba's a veteran too, but he's a weird captain. So never thought about Jordi Alba as a captain because Busquets usually is, but That's weird. true. Yeah, yeah. Jordi, Alba, Jordi Alba as the captain was odd. Just doesn't strike right? me even with Busquets going out. I thought you'd give it to... Um, Oh, I guess who else do you give it to there? Morata? Ramos isn't there. Are you kidding? That's the thing. (laughs) Thiago, maybe? He didn't even... No, but he's not playing, though. No, I know. No, but he was playing. He came on. Busquets is their captain, right? He handed it off to Alba after. But I'm saying you hand it off to Thiago, maybe. Thiago maybe a bit more of a captain? I don't know. Or maybe that's all I guess. I'm surprised... uh... Cesar wasn't was a made captain after. Well, he was, he went off. Lorente went on. Oh yeah, that's right. Marcus Lorente right. did go on. Yeah, yeah he finally happened. played. Like, that again. game happened so long. Yeah, that's true. That game happened so long ago. I feel like I missed everything about it. I don't remember anything that happened. Yeah, the Chiellini <laughs> thing I thought was so funny because he was Very. just like, you know what? I feel like that that uh, when you see your captain like that, I feel like it calms everyone down. Like when they did yeah. the ISO shots of the two 
groups like huddling before so and really to look yeah like the italians were all like calm and like yeah. mancini kind of knew like all his takers yeah. and stuff and enrique looked like he was kind of freaking out a bit and then yeah, like yeah. you see the thing about the, the guy asking morata twice if he wanted to take the penalty yeah he's like you can yeah. take this and he was like yeah and then he was probably just like are you sure he's like yeah 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 <laughs> That's and the whole thing with penalties is it's all like based on confidence usually, right? Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a great penalty kick taker if you're not ready to take them, you're gonna miss, right? Or you're gonna knock it, or get it saved. It's not gonna be a great penalty. And like, if you, someone has to ask you to take a penalty, that's not a good sign, right? Like there should be five players coming up and saying, "Yeah, I'll go third, fourth, whatever, whatever." And that's how it usually is. And I'm sure that's how the Italy team did it, 100. percent The only set for the Italy team was Jorginho's going fifth. That was definitely their only like 100. percent when 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 he came up fifth, I was like, "Well, we'll get to Jorginho after." But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. talking about the the Miranda like miss, yeah, I, I feel like, gosh, when when it zoomed in to him <sighs> stepping up to take it, I like knew he was going to miss. Yeah, it was, it was just, the same thing I had with Mbappe. It's you just knew. It's, it's sports is so funny. It's like you see like the the script, I guess, unfolding in front of your eyes, like <laughs> the story the of the game, it. and yeah. it was just like. You just all knew it was going to happen. Like, he doesn't start. He yep. comes on. He saves the game, basically, just to ruin it. Like, really I feel well, so well. for him. Yeah. He played really well when he came on. He took, uh, well, well, yeah. Like, if yeah. Spain if Spain lose one nothing, if they don't take it to penalties, mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Orizabal is probably, like, hammered. I mean, he should be, in my opinion, a little yeah. bit. Of but all the players. Like, but but Morata completely took all the blame off of him. Which first is, is garbage. Yeah. But like in two separate ways. The first one by scoring the tie up the game, and then by missing the, the penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get on to Spain afterwards. Do you want to start with Italy first, though, or, or do you want to talk about Spain first? Um, let's talk about about the winners first. We should talk yeah. about the winners first. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's talk about the game. I feel like. The, the first half was so different to how they played all tournament. It felt like they were prepared for one thing, and yeah. Spain came out completely different. They were they played almost sort of like a false nine, and it yeah. always felt like it always Such felt like they were strange. in between the lines. They were always in between like the midfield and the D. The way he was yep. dropping in, and it was it was really causing Italy a lot of problems early. No. Yeah, yeah, massively. And I, I actually love, I think Luis Enrique got everything like really right in this game. Kind of sucks they lost in that sense, because I actually think this is one of his best like coached games, basically. I think he did an amazing job with it. Um, he's always annoyed me, Luis Enrique. I, I actually think he's a good manager, but you could have heard me last week as well. Just annoys me a lot. I, I don't know what it is about him. He's always, and he's a, he's actually a very good manager. And I know he's actually been through a lot, right? All the things that happened, I think, with his daughter. Um but he's the right man for the job, and his style of play is perfect for Spain, basically. And he got it completely right. Like, he he went with that false nine, let Danny Olmo play as this false nine, when a lot of people thought it would actually be Oriazabal, who would be the false nine, and Olmo would kind of get shifted out to a wing. And it let them drop back, and it's almost like the two center backs on Italy were drilled to, no, you're going to stay in your center back position, right? Instead of coming out to meet with Olmo, because they're maybe afraid that they're going to get burned if one of them steps out into the midfield. And I think that's kind of what caused this. Olmo was just allowed to basically do whatever he wanted, right? Because yeah. the midfield, the, 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 like you said, between the lines, the space between the midfields and that defense was big. Like, there was a lot of space that Spain could exploit there. Yeah, especially in the early part, because I guess Italy was still trying yeah. to press high, but the center backs didn't want to get caught. Exactly like in, a, in a foot race with any of the guys, so they were dropping off, and then it, it led to the midfield and the strikers dropping off. But I think after the second half, 
I think Italy was more content to sit back and trying to just hit Spain on the counter, which led to the first goal yeah. uh, by Chiesa, which was which was really, really just an unbelievable goal to to curve it into the corner like that yeah, off amazing. the counter attack. It was it was great. I think the the big thing for me watching Italy, it was sort of like it was like a team. I think what Mancini's trying to do with Italy, he's trying to. Mm-hmm make them play like how spain plays but like yep. he's only he's only been at this for two years and yeah it was like the team trying to pay, play like spain and actually like spain like people that have played this style for yeah. years and years like 10 years they've played this sort of style and you yeah. could see italy they were just the passing just wasn't as quick as the spanish team they no. were so good at at keeping the ball um and i think Le- Laporte uh, early on was they were trying to press their center back super high and he yeah. did a job of distributing and, and breaking the lines. That was the big thing I, I saw from this game from Italy's perspective, Agreed. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that broadly because uh, Italy actually were one of the top possession teams coming into this game. I think third or fourth just behind Spain and one or two other teams or even just one team. Um, so it is a little bit strange to see them play this way but, and um, peek behind the curtains, the group chat, you know, we're in a group chat, whatever, was saying like, oh, this is the worst Italy's played. Why are they changing their system? I, and I completely disagreed. Italy didn't change anything. Italy wanted to play the same way they've been playing. They're a little limited because no Spinazzola. But Emerson, I thought, played fine. Emerson was okay, actually. But um, Spain were that good this game. I think it, it kind of sucks they lost in the sense that I wanted Italy to win. But this is probably the best Spanish team I've seen in a tournament since like 2012. I know that's crazy to say, but this game specifically. They no, they look amazing yeah. in that first half. They like yeah, they, they, they it was unbelievable. Like I, I haven't seen a team play that well with such a little ability to put the ball in the net though. It was that was the that was the thing that was crazy. Like they had all this all these chances in the first half. I think that's what mm-hmm. ended up count, costing them in the end is not it's scoring early because Italy wasn't wasn't prepared for what they were doing. They had a couple of really yeah. good chances and then they were able to get in at at halftime. And Mancini, I guess, like calmed everyone down, and they were happy to sit sit on the counter. I think the encouraging thing for Italy yeah, is they could they found different ways to win. So, like early on in the tournament, they were they exactly. were going at teams that had a lot of the ball to to be able to win this game, albeit taking it to penalties. Um, to be able to score a goal on the counter attack, I think, is really <laughs> helpful. And yeah, and and I like the thing you yeah. said about um, Spinazzola. It really looked like they they missed him. I think. I think Emerson has to learn this system pretty quickly. Like there, he's clearly the, the sub the substitute because he just can't do the things that that Spina can, and I think it's gonna it, it'll hurt them. All right, let's move on to uh, Spain. Um, good tournament, getting knocked out in the semifinals. Um, what do you think about their tournament as a whole and, and where they Yeah, I think uh, kind of like I, I'd said earlier even as well that I think this is one of the best Spain teams I've seen in international tournaments since the 2012 one, which they won, beating Italy, right? Um, and I think what, where they go from here, basically the thing they need to solve is the defense. Uh, they've got such a solid midfield, you know, Pedri, um, a couple other really great players in there, and you've got players who are maybe getting towards their prime or a little bit younger than that. They've got a pretty young team. And I think that front line is also actually quite solid mm-hmm. for Spain. I mean, you've got Morata, who's, you know, Morata. Uh, Danny Olmo looks like he's going to be a good player. Um, Ferran Torres, Oriana Zabal, all like players who are still getting better. So I, I think there's a lot of positives to be taken from the Spanish performance. And I think it's really that defense that has let them down like quite a few times now. 
Yeah, I think um, that that's a great point. I think um, I think it'll only take time for Laporte and whoever he's playing with, whether it's Pau Torres or um, or Ruiz, to um, to get that that chemistry with. And I think up front, it, it's so hard to judge the Spain team because I feel like the last time Spain was really good was in two thousand and eight yeah. to two thousand and twelve when they arguably could have been the best like international team of all time so it's kind of hard to judge this this squad i feel like even though they're very good i feel like it's such a big drop off yeah from, from yeah that that, that's the team, thing right? it's hard to judge that and you you actually kind of look at this spain team which is it's kind of funny i really like alvaro morata i think he actually had you know all things considered a pretty good tournament and i think he's you know he's a good player overall um but he works better almost as a second striker I actually just don't think he works particularly well as like your primary man, the guy who needs to be, you know, that number one creator, uh, not just creator, also like scoring the goals. As a creator, I think he does a really great job, right? Uh, I don't know if you saw on the Spain goal like, or if you were uh, looking at it, he actually drops deep to make that first pass, then gets into the position. It's such like a good quick play that he basically only has enough time to shoot. He just made the right decision on that one. But um, but yeah, I, I, I really like him. Just I, Could you imagine if this team had like an informed Diego Costa playing on it or something like that? Like a Diego Costa from yesteryear, like a four or five years ago. No, you don't even need to go back to like David Villa or anything. Like even just a player like that to play off of uh, Morata. Be a good team. I think that game would have gone differently with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think his linkage, like yeah. the one-two balls that he plays, are, are really good. He's got mm-hmm. good like awareness and movement. He's 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 got a really good first touch, good passing. Uh, it's just the finishing. I, I think he's he he probably someone yeah. that's really good oh, like, in practice. And just in the game, he he just doesn't have he doesn't have the finishing. I guess that you would like yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. I just pop, don't think he's a, a good enough a finisher. Genuinely, like I think he does a lot of the other things really, really well. And I also think he's like he's fine as a goal scorer. He's not he's not like terrible, terrible. But he's only that good when he's playing off someone else who can score goals, right? You look at him when he plays for Juventus. Him and Chiesa, they're they're like mix. Him and Chiesa are amazing, right? They're phenomenal. I think like the two best players on Juventus, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Ronaldo. Yeah, except for yes, yeah, yeah Chiellini. Those guys suck, right? Wash. It's all about those two. No, but you yeah. know, I love Chiesa. So you it's know, I love Chiesa. So right. when they play together, yeah. they're that good, genuinely. Um, yeah, Chiesa's oh, so been a good. star of this tournament. I think he's. Uh, I think he's one of these one of the guys yeah. having like a breakout yeah. tournament super late, which is cool. It's pretty pretty awesome because he had a good year at, mm-hmm. uh, at Juventus, especially oh, that so time good. against Porto. He was, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. a great player. I've You've heard me say it a couple of times. I think that he's probably the only Italian player that is like of a specific quality, like that top, top tier. Maybe him and Jorginho. I think Jorginho is also like an underrated top tier player. But I, I don't think, I mean, Chiellini and Bonucci are a little older now. They would have been that tier of player. But I don't think there's anyone else in that team that's quite as good as like what I think he is. It can be at least. What about our, I guess goal yeah, is rated yeah. definitely right because well, already has been he's been one yeah Donnarumma is already that guess, right? Right? he's already yeah. like one of the best goalies in the world he's he's a phenomenal shot stopper uh, my heart sinks into my stomach every time he touches the ball to try to like play it out from the back but <laughs> I just don't trust him but he is a phenomenal shot stopper and fine on his feet too so I mean he's yeah he's going to PSG probably 
yeah, a couple of those early passes. Yeah, a couple of those early passes in that Spain game were like very yeah. under hit. Yeah, just kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw that a lot from goalkeepers yeah. this weekend. Yeah, he is going- yeah, so with uh, with Jordan Pickford, I think there's been a lot of nerves uh, when it comes to those long balls, right? And and just overall, just because I think there's a part of it where you know this is the second time they've been in a semifinal. A lot of these players, right? And they lost that first one in, in 2018. So I, I wasn't that surprised to see some nerves from the England team. But like Kasper Schmeichel really is the kind of guy who knows how to rise to the occasion. And, you know, we kind of think about it that he's maybe not that old. But he's he's getting up there in age as well. He's right. He's in his mid-30s already. And to be that good, that strong of a keeper. Um, and it's kind of funny. It would have been interesting to see Denmark, Italy in the final to see Kasper Schmeichel, like, you know, the more seasoned, experienced goalkeeper, but really good. And Donnarumma probably going to be best keeper in the world for the next 20 years, right? It would have been an interesting thing to see. Yeah, that would have. Um, moving on to England now. Still haven't conceded from from open play. What have, what have you liked on, on the defensive side of the ball that you think has yeah. been so effective? It's it's the same thing that we've been talking about, right? It's, it's the control. The control is like unbelievable on this team. Um, they... Even when a player is coming in on them, they don't look like they're going to concede a goal, right? There's been a couple of those opportunities. Uh, I noticed, you know, in the Germany game especially, there was that Muller chance where, you know, we both thought that he could have done quite a bit better. But I think defensively, they've been the best team in the tournament, regardless of who they're playing against. They've defensively been the best team. And I know Italy had that same sort of record of the, um, you know, no goals conceded for quite a long time. But Italy looked like they were so good attacking, they were never going to concede a goal. Whereas England just looks so solid. Like, uh, it's it's um, Harry Maguire probably has had some of his best games in an England shirt in this tournament. And it yeah. shows. Like, like yeah. look at him, especially the Germany game in this game. He was unbelievable. Amazing. Man of the match, I'd say. And I thought, uh, I thought Rice and Phillips did a good good job winning the yeah. ball back in midfield. They, I thought they had a really good game against against Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've been... So, and a Denmark team that has strong midfield, right? Like, we big them up a lot, Hoybjerg and Delaney, especially Hoybjerg, because Southampton, plus he's actually just really good. And, yeah. uh, and for those two to kind of, like, shut those guys down pretty much, like, that's... It was very impressive. Like, uh, I liked yeah. what I saw from them. Playing those two holding midfielders seems to work, right? I think, I think the thing that hurt Denmark was... Their team just like I think they were they weren't they just lost all their energy so early in the game and they had to make their subs where England's maybe they haven't had the hardest run so they've been able to rotate people in and out. Um, usually, like some of their midfield gets subbed off pretty pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, they rotated at a bunch of other positions that you can only think that's paying off so deep into the tournament right now. I can only yeah. like when we preview the game. I feel like uh, I feel like fitness will be a will be a big factor even though. Italy have one more day of rest. Uh, yeah, England being able to rotate it is so valuable at the stage, right? Yeah, it's been really impressive the way that. Um, uh, how I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but I f- almost feel like uh, Southgate's fostered like a really great atmosphere around this uh, around the team, where even when players aren't playing, they seem like they're so happy to be on the bench, come on as a substitute, whatever. Right? They were talking about how Ben White, who was a call up, has been like one of the most impressive players when they're doing training. And the guy's never going to see the field, right? Because Stones and Maguire are set. But that, that's amazing that these players still want to play that well. And and it can only kind of create even more 
you know, positivity and create more opportunities in England, like for these players. Because if you're a player looking in, like uh, say you're James Madison or you're Danny Ings or something, and you see this team doing this well, playing like this, where, you know, everyone can get a chance to come onto the field. Why wouldn't you want to come play for England, right? You're going to try even harder. You're going to play even better. And I think the rotation that they do, you know, you can start uh, Foden for the first three matches and then not even play him again. And now in the finals, who knows? He might come on. Sancho's only played one one game as a starter, right? That gives them a leg up on any other team because now they have options and other teams don't know the way they're going to go. Is it Saka? Is it Sancho, right? Is it Foden? Is it Mount? Is it Grealish, right? And that's something that you're not really getting with any other team. Like Italy, you have your 11 and it's set, right? Uh, Denmark, they literally had their 11 and it was set like the entire tournament, right? Yeah. Um, Spain was a little bit more in and out, but you saw it in the semifinalists, right? Usually the teams are set. England... Kane, Sterling, and the back line, you know, the midfield could have been switched out. Who knows? Henderson could have been healthy enough to play this game, right? And they could have gone for it. So I, I, it, it creates like something that for another team's manager to think about, right? Like Mancini's going to have to think about what do we do now? What if what if they do start Foden? What are we going to have to do to do that? Or Saka or Sancho? Because they're all different players. And I think that's who, really impressive. Who do you think they're going to start at right wing? Because I, I think it's going to be Saka after the game so he had, setting up that setting up that goal. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it seems like um, it's an interesting comparison, but uh, it seems like Saka almost has something that Sterling and Kane have. Saka and Kane are starting to get like some sort of connection too. Um, and Southgate's more of a, we're going to put the correct players in for the system, then we're just going to put the best players in. And you know, I do I think Sancho is a better player? Absolutely. He's probably the second best player, third best player on the team, right? Uh, hands down. Yeah. But does he maybe fit the system as well? Maybe not, right? And then if that's the case, he's not going to change it up in the finals, right? He's not going to decide we're going to throw, you know, throw the baby in the bath, baby in the bathwater, or whatever that English saying is. And uh, isn't it baby out with the bathwater? Yeah, baby out with the bathwater. Thank you very much. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I don't uh, know if that applies in this sense, though. No, I, I meant like throw caution to the wind, sort of thing, oh, okay. right? And just like put on your attacking players, go for it. It's just not the way yeah. they're going to do it, right? So no, no. I but yeah. I, I think we've seen that all tournament. They don't want to do that. Like they'll push for like fifteen minutes maybe, and then they'll just sit back, right? That's yeah. That's what they've they've thought to win these these tournaments, right? And I mean, you can't really blame them with the way Portugal and and France won the last two major championships. It was more that exactly. defensive style. Wait, wait for the other team to make a mistake, right? As opposed yeah. to Italy, like going for it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? That pragmatism. But then we saw that Italy could do that too in that Spain game, right? So it's going to be interesting. But I think uh, I, I, I was impressed with England, and Harry Kane is looking a lot better. <laughs> he's, yeah. looking, he's looking yeah. a lot better. Even just his link-up play, he doesn't look so tired. He, he looks like yeah, he's a willing the, runner. The thing at the start of the tournament, he looked like he yeah. was hurt, like or, yeah. or he was just super well, tired, but he doesn't look like that anymore. He's got one ACL, basically, right? <laughs> he's always tearing an ACL. Uh, you want to talk about the Grealish substitution? Because he came on, yeah, and he got subbed off. That was that was weird. No, do you think he picked up a knock, or was he just like, you know, you're we're winning now, you're out? I I genuinely think they might have just said we're winning, we'll take you out now, because they brought on uh, Trippier, I think, for that one, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. That was Trippier. He, he slotted into like DM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's kind of what the plan was. Why even risk Grealish, even if it's just going to be another 15 minutes? Because there's almost no question in my head, Grealish isn't going to start the next game. But you bet your sweet aunt that at 55 minutes or 60 minutes, if they're still chasing the game, in comes Grealish, right? Like no matter what. Um, I think that might genuinely be the reason why. Why risk him picking up anything in the last 15 minutes when... Yeah. 
You know, worst case scenario, what happens? Denmark scores and you go to penalties. Trippier's fine as a penalty kick taker. Like, you're not missing anything. Trippier's great on spe- uh, set pieces, right? It's very different than, say, taking off Kane in the 106th. Yeah. And then what happens if you go to pens? I'm like, oh, you you need to risk certain players. But yeah, I, I think it was just like, a, eh, we might as well take him off. And he didn't look too angry about it either. So, no, like, it, it, it didn't look like he was complaining or anything. I feel like when the English fans, specifically their, like, view of Jack Grealish is like, when he's getting ready to come on, it's like it's like the second coming of, of Jesus is, is entering the field. I, the thing I love about this is I think um, it's kind of funny because Italy and England are the same thing. They're both very likable teams, like players-wise. Like I think Italy has oh, such a likable team. Yeah, no, no, no. Like the oh, English God. fans, they hate them. But the English team is very likable, right? They're all really good yeah. guys. Sterling, Rashford is amazing. Kane is just like so nice and like genuine. There's a lot of really nice players in there. I love Kyle Walker. He's, he's just great. John Terry's um, not on the team anymore. Yeah, right. You don't have Perry. <laughs> you don't have like Lampard was a bit of a prick, right? Like there are a couple of guys on those teams that were like, oh, really? This guy like. Rio Ferdinand was kind of a, you know, a bit of a whatever. But, like, on this team, there, there's literally no one. Like, like no, I can't think of a single player. But then, but then there is Grealish, who's a bit of, like, an old-school player. Remember those pictures? I, I feel bad for bringing it up. He was, like, 18, and he was drunk when he was still an Irish player, passed out on the floor with, like, a bottle beside him. Like, he... He is a hark. He harkens back to yesteryear for English players, where like that Gaza style. I know Foden got his haircut like that, but that Paul Gascoigne style, like bit of a you know loose cannon, does things that no one else on the field can do. You know, is a bit of a lad like that kind of thing. And I think that's why fans just want to like get behind at least one of those players, regardless of whether you know he's the best or not. My, my favorite girlish moment was when a Birmingham fan ran onto the field and punched him. Yeah. From behind. Yeah. That was wild. I still can't believe that happened. That, and then he scored. What and a, then he scored. Absolute legend. Man, he man, is, man, he, Grealish, he is a good like, player, man. I feel like the England fans are like, like everyone's expectation is like, maybe like so level. The, the English fans are just like way out of proportion with, yeah, with the Grealish, yeah. no? I, I think he's really good though. Like I genuinely think he's really, really good. He's, um he because he's a special kind of player that England don't produce anymore. Um, not anymore, no. Jesus, have never produced, right? Like he, him and maybe Foden are like really special players that England has never really produced before, right? Um, they're not that exciting winger or like goal scoring striker or really strong defender or whatever. Um, they're just players we haven't seen really genuinely since like Paul Gascoigne back in the 90s, right? A player who could break the lines with his feet, not just passing or whatever, right? And there's always been English players who have great range of passing, Jared Lampard, right? Lampard, you know, and, and it's almost like that too. Like if Lampard had more of a personality when he was a player, he would have been that kind of like cult hero sort of style player because he was so different than anyone else, right? Like, and I think yeah. that's what Grealish is. He's just so different to everyone else, which is cool. Like, I mean, it's cool that they have a player like that. A lot of teams don't have that player, right? Yeah, I mean, no, Italy doesn't have that player. They're I such a functional team, Italy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Italy, it's I interesting. Don't any, I don't know, because Grealish, yeah, he fits in that weird role where you can kind of like, kind of just like drift wherever. Yeah. You just like want him, you just want him on the ball for like, like the end product, I guess. Exactly. More, more than anything else, right? I don't, yeah. I don't see too many teams. I guess not every team really needs like a 10. No, like that's how the thing. he is, right? That's yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah. And or like a or even like a drifting winger ten, which he likes to play too, right? Where they start him on the wing yeah. and he just kind of does what he wants. Almost yeah, it's a bad comparison, but like in the way he drifts, like Griezmann, right? Where he's allowed to do whatever he wants, sort of thing. Like that's yeah. the way Grealish needs to play. Obviously he's not nearly as good defensively, but yeah. Yeah, I like that though. Like I think it's uh it's different. It's cool. 
yeah, it's a little old school. At least, yeah, not everyone's set up in the same, uh, yeah, same formation, and everything, which makes it interesting, right? Exactly. I like that. All righty, let's let's get to this final. Yes. Um, oh, exciting! Italy versus England. Um, one. Let's talk about some keys for Italy. I think one yeah. thing. Um, one person that's gone a little bit quiet the last couple of games has been Immobile, mm-hmm. and obviously with this English defense not really conceding from open open play yet. What what do you think? Some things he needs to do to be to be effective in this game is it is it possible for him at, at this point? What is what does he need to do? Um, I know this is going to bite me in the butt. He's going to score a brace or something, but I think as a goal scorer, I don't think it should necessarily be his job to be effective as a goal scorer in this game. I think those decoy runs, that drifting, that pulling players out of position is so important for Immobile. And what that does is create space for the, um, I don't want to say better, but yeah, I'll say better, like the better players, right? Chiesa and Insigne, regardless of what you think of Immobile, are better than Immobile. Um, I'd even argue Chiesa is a better goal scorer than Immobile, even though Immobile is a a striker. And like, he creates space for players, right? That Chiesa goal doesn't happen without Immobile's run, Exactly. Yeah, exactly, right? And and even the, that Insigne goal against Belgium, right? He pulls players because they're so concerned that, damn, that ball's going to cut between us in behind, and then he mobilized through, and you know he scored 35 goals for Lazio two years ago or whatever, and 20 last year, so he's a dangerous striker. And and that decoy of just kind of being there and pulling players, so important for those wingers, and even those midfielders too, like Barella too, gets more space with that. So Yeah, no, that's yeah. a great point. And then speaking of Barella and, and Italy's midfield, mm-hmm. I feel like... Against Spain, they were sort of they were sort of shut down. Spain had so much of yeah. the ball. Um, no other team, whether it was going to be England or Denmark in the final, that that wouldn't have been. No team can can pass it around no. like Spain can, right? So Italy's no, going to no have chance. more of the ball. Yeah. Um, how do you think this midfield three sets up against Rice, Phillips, and and probably Mount? Um, yeah. And, and specifically, maybe maybe Jorginho. How does how does he set up? Do, does England come out and, and try to man mark him with with Mount, or or what do you think they do in midfield? I like the idea of man marking with Mount, but I think what they're going to do is hold shape a little bit more. I think you might see Mount maybe tuck in like a little bit in between the two um, kind of defensive midfielders, and you could almost see an actual three in the midfield. So a little bit more of that rather than the, I hate putting numbers to formations, but rather than like that 4-2-3-1 sort of deal that they're doing, like almost more of a true 4-3-3, where you almost see Mount drop in a little bit when they don't have the ball rather than kind of, you know, drift, do his own thing. Because he is decent defensively, Mount. He does like to run, and he can press players. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, given the when he has the opportunity, Harry Kane do a little bit of pressing too. Because again, Karen's not bad defensively as like a pressing striker. His problem is they don't want him to expend all his energy like early on. Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't be that surprised if when Jorginho pulls back to, you know, get that ball between the center backs, for Kane to kind of put a little bit of pressure on him and Mount to be almost that second man in uh, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's a good point. Yeah, I, I, England's played so deep. I feel like like mm-hmm. Rice is just Rice and Phillips have basically like shielded the the back too. So yeah. I, I like it'll be interesting to see how how that works in midfield. I don't think England. People were talking about England switching to a three. I think that hurts them more yeah. more than it helps them. Right? Because we think saw they could do that. we saw against Belgium, they they basically got picked apart when yeah when they switched to a back three. I think England keep their hold their shape as a four. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think. Um... I think the only thing they'd have going for them in a three would be Kyle Walker. The recovery pace of Kyle Walker on that left-hand side would be, I don't want to say nullify, but he'd, he'd, yeah, he'd essentially nullify Insigne. 
because Insigne uses lots of pace and Kyle Walker's recovery pace is unbelievable. Even if he gets burned, he gets back on a man. But I, I just don't think that makes sense when you could just use him at right back instead, right? I, Why like switch to three and lose attacking? I think I think being outnumbered in midfield is worse than having than having yeah, with, both back, especially with Jorginho and Verratti. It's just it's not worth it. Yeah, you're just yeah. giving them time. Time to pick, yeah. a, to pick something apart, right? And and those players know Jorginho, right? A lot of them have played with him or played against him, and they know that when he is given time, that's when he's most dangerous. So, yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great point. Um, switching switching to England now, right? I guess they've, yeah, they've they've controlled the game a lot more, um, especially like building out from the back in possession. I mean, the way mm-hmm. they the way they kept possession and killed that game against Denmark, I've never seen an yeah. England team do that before. <laughs> it, was amazing. It, was, it was great to see but um how do you think they'll they'll build out from the back against italy uh, assuming italy wants to press high up the field how do you how do you think they'll they'll manage getting out of the high press yeah i think we might see um i think southgate's plan might be not quite like the long ball so to speak like you know we're not going back to the 80s or anything but it might be a little bit more of playing uh between the lines rather than using the midfield at all they might actually basically completely bypass the midfield at points um, especially if they have Sterling down the flank, because I think they'd feel relatively confident with either Sterling or Saka against either of those fullbacks, especially one-on-one. Uh, and I think they're going to try to tire those fullbacks down because I would not be surprised to see a player like Sancho come on late on yeah. in the game and just absolutely take it down the left-hand side, right? The left-hand side for Italy is their strongest attacking, but I'd say their weaker one defending with Spinozola out. Like, yeah, yeah, it can absolutely. definitely they can be got at down that left hand side, and I think um, we saw that Di Lorenzo doesn't mind being run at on the right hand side, right? We saw Doku run at him how many times, and Di Lorenzo stood up to him relatively well, or shepherded. You know, even if he got beat, he had coverage. But are they going to be able to do that against England, where he, they can beat them on both wings? It's going to be interesting to see. I, I just don't see them using the midfield as much as they might usually. Um, but look for Rice to maybe be a really important player in this game. Because he's going to yeah. need to bypass that press a lot, and yeah, they're going to be. I don't know if I he can do like, it. I feel like as soon as him or Phillips get the ball, then then either one of our on them right away. or beyond them right away. I think. Yeah. yeah sometimes, I think we might see this a, a lot with England just trying to just if something's not there, them just kicking it out. Cause yeah, yeah. We've, we've seen them just trying to like mitigate mitigate like chaos in their own box and just kicking it down the field like takes that away from you and allows you to get set up. So I yeah. feel like there'll be stretches in the game where it doesn't seem like England can get the ball past half, but yeah. I think they'll they'll be comfortable to just sit back and exactly okay still with be that, control. I like. Yeah. And I mean with Harry Kane up front, right? They have that outlet for maybe even a long ball or something. Because Kane can, you know, he's not the fastest player, but he can get in behind sometimes, right? He's an intelligent runner. But he's also quite good in the air. Like he One can of the strengths is holding it up, right? Exactly, right? Like I, I have no doubt in my mind that he can be Chiellini or Benucci both in the air and on the ground. Like, no doubt in my mind that Kane is better than those two at that sort of, uh, at that kind of, like, play. But it's going to be interesting because those are two really experienced defenders, right, against probably one of the best strikers in the world. So yeah, it's going to be a great two, matchup. They're, they're not playing soccer with their feet. It's all it's all upstairs for them yeah. at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. One of the things that, that scares me is when, is when it'll probably be Emerson when they push up the left. If there's a turnover in midfield, one of the wingers running at Chiellini who slots over to, to cover that that left that left yeah. side, I think is kind of like how, how Vestergaard was caught out a couple of times yeah. when he was exposed yeah. on that side. I think that's one of the things. That, and Saka's that, a that runner as well. So. Yeah, 
I think that's one of the things that, that England can really hit at. And especially, you know, we were talking about the squad rotation and the subs um, and the fitness levels for, for England versus Italy. I feel like the longer this game goes, the more it favors England, would you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. England will have an advantage the longer this game goes and the longer this game goes with them leading. Because uh, I think that midfield on Italy, if I'm kind of worried for Italy in the sense that if England do decide they want to control the ball, like even a little bit, I think those uh, Italian players are going to have to chase a lot, those Italian players. Like, yeah. um, and I know Borella and Verratti can run forever. They both have great engines on them. But Verratti's, you know, still coming back from an injury. So he's not 100%, I'm sure, right? Like not quite to 100%. So that's going to be interesting to see, like, if they can keep up with this England team for that long. Because the England team is younger, fresher. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it just depends if there's enough. When I see, if I, I like, can visualize, like, Italy like pressing. I don't know if there's enough quality like with Rice and and Phillips yeah. able to break to break through those lines. But I guess it's something that they'll they'll have to do, right? If yeah, if England want to go forward in this game, they they have to, right? There there isn't going to end up being an option. Uh, I mean, Phillips knows how to play in a press, so I'm sure he's okay at playing out of it. And Rice is kind of more who I'm concerned about. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think they can expose Rice a little bit. So um, we're probably going to end up. But give me. Give me your score prediction for, for Sunday. What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, 2-1 Italy. Oh, I was going to say that too. I think 2-1 <laughs> Italy, but an extra time. Yeah, yeah, I feel like an extra time. time. I think, I think yeah. the first half is super cagey, and then Very, I think a goal I think a cold, <laughs> I think a goal breaks this game kind of open. Um, and then, yeah, extra time. Uh, Chiesa will probably get the winner, I would say, oh, if he's still so. on at that point. Yeah, oh, knows, did man? you Italy's see actually... I, oh, I just wanted to say, do you see the thing with Berardi warming up in the first half? Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't know what what to make of that. That was yeah. so odd. I, I haven't actually seen if there's been any news on that, like what the situation is. Because we know that he ended up coming on for Immobile, right? Yep. But then what was going on with that? Were they going to uh, were they going to take off Chiesa? Was he, gonna, was he planning on getting Chiesa off? I don't. That's so odd because it was it's like weird. He's, he's clearly starting the game for like a purpose. I guess he just wasn't doing something defensively, right? It but must then, have like, been that he was angry yeah. about something. Because I mean, listen, Mancini's not a shouter. He's not, and none of these guys are really. None of these last four managers. It's really funny. They're they're very like trusting of their team. But yeah. uh, Mancini did look like a little bit frustrated with Kia's at point. So I wonder if maybe he was just not listening to one thing he said. Yeah, or something. But like I that. think Kia's is a bit selfish. Notice that in yeah, his Juve play. So good. That's oh, he's amazing. My favorite. I've I've told you this. He is my absolute favorite player, probably in the tournament. I, I love him so much, and yeah. uh, it's nice to see him be this good now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. But man, yeah. I'm I'm so excited for this game on Sunday. Me too. We both said two on Italy. Um, yeah. Gosh, yeah. I, re- I really can't wait. Um, but yeah, we should probably end it here. Yeah, yeah. We we'll wrap it up about before we go on another tangent for twenty okay, but minutes. In the 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't <laughs> yeah, do that again. Yeah, exactly. All right. So yeah, thanks uh, everyone for watching. Um, enjoy the game on Sunday, and then yeah. we'll be back to break it down, and then we'll have some ideas going forward into the summer. Probably get into some transfer news and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, so that'll be a lot of fun. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Rabello. We've we've had yeah, a lot of technical technical difficulties with oh this yeah one, so yeah i appreciate uh, today. i appreciate you coming uh, oh, yeah, coordinating things so that was good but uh, always yeah everyone yeah enjoy the game on sunday don't forget to subscribe to wherever you listen to this and uh yeah we'll see you next time
Bye.